Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. How did the Cavaliers just pull off this insanity? Can anyone compete with them in the East? What about all the other trades made today? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash trade deadline insanity. We have... A ridiculous amount of things to go through. Dave Dufour is with us to go through it, and he has definitely got a better handle on it than me because I am still reeling about what's going on. Dave, are you with me? I am. Man, Alfred Payton going to Phoenix. Huge. Oh, I know. That's going to shift the power of the Western Conference in one, one keystroke. Yeah, that actually was one of the more surprise. I mean, I figured he might get moved, but the fact that he only got a second rounder, I mean, that just... Right. That says a lot. Right. And you and I have talked about Alfred Payton quite a bit. We've, you know, sort of been out in front about the stupid haircut and how it affects his shooting. Yeah. And um, to just watch a guy's value plummet like that. But that's not why we're here. No. Although, yeah. Although it's interesting because usually for a starter in the league, you're going to get at least a mid first round pick for that. And, you know, for him to go for a second round pick is really uh, indicative. So uh, if they put him off the bench and remember, he can maybe he could be OK with the Suns. But who knows what the Suns are doing? But let's talk about the Cavaliers who have instantly shifted the power of the of the Eastern Conference back in their favor. Uh, and let's find out why. We have a lot of moving parts here. A lot of things are going to probably coming in while we're going to talk. So let's start with the first thing, which is Dwayne Wade. I just thought that was kind of surprising. Dwayne Wade went back to Miami. Uh, shocker? Um, not that he went back to Miami, but that he went back to Miami in, in this way. Um, I actually I, I felt like this was probably the most uh, informative trade of the day as far as what the front office in Cleveland was thinking. I, I really felt like... This was the front office telling LeBron, you don't dictate what happens here. Uh, we're in charge. And, and, and I, I don't know if that sort of adversarial relationship is smart for a guy you hopefully want to bring back. But maybe they feel like it's over anyway. And so sending yeah. him out sort of sends that message. And not only to him, but to, you know, to other players, to other free agents who you know, might be thinking about coming around during the summer. Um, you know, th- today, all of their moves – show me that not only are they swinging for the fences this year, but they're also prepared to compete next year. I think even without LeBron, the team that they have going forward with George Hill and Rodney Hood and, and Kevin Love and Tristan Tun, that's a team that should make the playoffs in the East, Okay, even without LeBron. So, okay, let's just go through. So uh, they sent Dwayne Wade to Miami for a second rounder. So, oh, a pick. You never know. You might, you might hit that. You might get something good for that. Uh, do we know if that's – is that a 2018 second rounder? Um, yeah, but it's, it's heavily protected. So So basically they're giving a gift to get him to go home. Uh, he did not have a trade protection uh, clause in his contract, right? No, he did not. He was on a minimum contract. Okay. So that's all done. Now let's get into the real meat and bones of what's going on here, because a lot of other things happen that really change the, the, the roster of the, of the Cavs. Now, 
Uh, let's go over the Lakers trade first. So the Lakers sent Rodney Hood. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Lakers sent Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson to the Cavaliers. Yes. Now. In exchange for Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, and the Cavaliers 2018 first round pick. Unprotected. Which, Right, unprotected, which means, you know, somewhere between 22 and 26 or something like that. Right, okay, yeah, ex exactly. And then, by the way, they're going to play probably, on paper at least, it's not, it, it, had they kept going, the Cavs' first-round pick might have been 22nd, 23rd, right? But now it's definitely going to be the, uh, up there at the bottom of the first round. Um, this is a stunning one because, I mean, I love Larry Nance. I think he, there were times when I thought he was the best player on the Lakers, and it was nothing to do with him scoring. It was just the way he did everything else for them, so... Uh, they suddenly get a huge upgrade uh, with length and athletic ability and defensive ability in the front court, without question. I mean, he's he can really, really help them in that end. Uh, I, I'm assuming. Do you think he's going to start for uh, until Kevin Love comes back? Uh, Larry Nance, I'm not sure. You know, uh, I think that it's either that or LeBron slides over and starts at the four. Um, I don't know. They, they, they've got some interesting lineup configurations they could run. Like, I think that they could play, um, and we haven't talked about it yet, but they could have Hill, Smith, and uh, and Hood as their one, two, and three with LeBron at the four and Tristan Thompson at the five, and I think that's pretty good. It's potent offensively and defensively. You know, it shouldn't be a complete black hole. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I definitely see him as long-term as, as a guy coming off the bench behind Kevin Love. Right, and he can kind of do a little bit of that Tristan Thompson stuff that Tristan Thompson used to do, uh, you know, block a shot or two, be very active on the board, set good screens. Uh, you know, can he hit the shot a little bit? And that seems to have gotten a little bit better. So there's, uh, you know, something there offensively, but he certainly improves the, the vertical spacing of the lobs and, that, and, the, and the tip dunks and that kind of stuff. So that is certainly a thing. Uh, Jordan Clarkson uh, is coming off the bench, I suppose, for them and going to end up being that, like, sixth man who will you know, probably continue to do the same role he did with the Lakers. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson has been pretty good this year. Um, he, he's a nice spark plug. I've always seen him as sort of a Jamal Crawford type of guy. Um, I, I think that uh, he will play well with LeBron, but also could be a guy who can get his own shot off when LeBron's not on the court, and that's really important. I mean, he's an upgrade from Isaiah Thomas this season. Yes. And, and I don't mean that in any sort – like I know I've been kind of picking on Isaiah Thomas a lot lately. Um, the guy is clearly – not right health you know his health is not right that hip is not 100 percent um so you know take take everything i say as a joke um yeah. but for this season right now clarkson is an upgrade on that position um Absolutely. george hill and george hill is a huge upgrade on that position right because so, they're both um, much bigger than isaiah thomas and both have a lot well i certainly george hill we, we haven't even gotten to george hill yet let's let's stay on clarkson right. for a second clarkson yeah. you know has ability on defense he's got good size and he's strong I wouldn't go stout, but he's strong. And so, you yeah. know, he, he is uh, another one of those guys who, you know, will give out on the defensive end. Now, the only question we have here, uh, as far as the defensive stuff goes, is, you know, if they're not going to practice, and, and how do they instill a system where they know how the rotations are supposed to unfold? We saw a guy like Jay Crowder completely have trouble with that and not be an effective defender. Uh, when we know he's, he can be. So it's an interesting thing. We'll see how Clarkson adjusts and Nance. Uh, Clarkson's numbers, 14 and a half points. Uh, he shot 32% from uh, three on four attempts per game. But I have a feeling, right, with some of these guys out there, uh, those threes will be easier. I would be uh, shocked if he didn't tick up to 36 37% minimum. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, what LeBron is able to do 
for people and, and to get them these open shots. Not to mention the fact that he'll be sharing the floor with Kyle Korver a lot, and that creates a lot of space. Uh, Kevin Love, when he comes back. I, I mean, I think Jordan Clarkson, as far as a player going to Cleveland and benefiting the most, he might be the one who does benefit the most. Um, you know, it, it, it sort of fits perfectly with his game, and uh, I'm really excited to see it. I mean, it's... I don't know. I think that was a huge get for them to have a guy like Carson who can come off the bench and give you 15 points a night. That's important for for a team that wants to win a title. Yeah, absolutely. So this that, that was huge for them. So uh, we now have so we covered Larry Nance and we've covered Jordan Clarkson, the Lakers uh, now at the Cavaliers. But there's another trade. And again, this is all stunning because it didn't feel like the Cavs had any assets to make any moves. And yet they all they do it. They did it again. So let's go through the next stop. Now, J.R. Smith is still in the Cavs after all this. It's interesting, right? I guess he didn't have any value at all, or, or they just were able, they, they wanted to keep him somehow. Well, it's hard. I mean, he and Tristan Thompson both have contracts that are going to be hard to move. Right. But <laughs> I think we both agree that they're not starting. He, or Sorry, J.R. Smith is not going to start. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to start or not. I, I think that there's a, there's a way that he could start there um, next to Hill. Um, I think the most likely scenario is that he comes off the bench once Kevin Love is back. Okay, uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, so now let's go to the next part of this trade because, again, there's a lot of stuff happening. We have a lot of things to go through, and we also have to do our 10-second you know, uh, answers. Uh, we'll do a run of that in the middle uh, of this in a few minutes. But um, the next part is George Hill, and what am I missing? Oh, Rodney Hood. So here's the interesting thing. The, the Cavaliers, who I didn't like their roster, didn't like the way they played, the defense was terrible, have now added two of my favorite players in the league in Rodney Hood and Larry Nance. Uh, what, this is a whole other level, right? Rodney Hood is now a really big wing who's very mobile, who can play defense. I, he has shown the ability to shoot. It, it's sort of been struggling more recently. But again, like Clarkson, I have to imagine that Rodney Hood's going to have a nice uptick in his game, at least on the shooting side. Yeah, I mean, and Hood has been one of these guys, and especially this year with the injuries and stuff like that. And and I'm I'm getting some conflicting reports here as far as uh, you know some of the uh, behind the scenes frustration with Hood and being unwilling to play through injuries. Um, but but with his injuries, he's he's really been up and down. And and actually, if you look at his entire career, inconsistency has been a big problem for him. Well, now he will have a very defined role for the rest of this year. Uh, he, he will have to create very little offense for himself with George Hill and, and LeBron on the court, um, in particular with LeBron. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see Rodney Hood look like the Rodney Hood we thought he would be. I hope. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you know what? I, I, I aired a little bit. His three-point shooting is actually really good this year. Uh, he's taking uh, almost seven a game and hitting about 39%, which is really great uh, and is a career high for him. So, again, that 39% on the Jazz, you know, even though he's got, you know, some, some good movement and some ball stuff there and spacing there, uh, you know, I would imagine it doesn't go any lower than that with the Cavs, with, with LeBron's gravity. We, the only issue we've seen is that there are players like Rodney Hood, the role players, who have struggled playing alongside LeBron because – the offense doesn't always move. There's not a lot of rhythm going on. You never want to know when your shots are coming. But and that and that kind of goes to the next level of questioning here, which is can they have enough time to gel and become a real team? The All-Star game break is coming up pretty soon, so that doesn't help them because LeBron is going to be off and not be around. And then, um, but then again, it might give them a couple extra days if they get in there to to work out. Uh, but is it enough time to make any to get any headway before the playoffs start? I actually think that the all-star break gives them the perfect opportunity. Uh, I think we may see them get together. Um, 
over that time. And this is one of the, the benefits that I hadn't even considered with moving the trade deadline up before the All-Star break. Um, that that break is a nice chance for uh, the players and the coaching staff to get together. You know, I mean, take a day, take, you know, maybe two. Um, everyone's going to kind of be in one spot. So it's not it's not impossible to think that you could have your major players meet up in L.A., you know, go out to dinner, maybe go to Napa. You know, they, they definitely need to Instagram some wine tasting or something like that together. Go ahead and try to fast forward some of the chemistry building stuff so that when you come back from the break, you're ready to roll. Now, right. with that being said, here's the deal, man. They're going to go spread, pick and roll super heavy when they come back. It's going to be LeBron handling the ball mostly i could even see some george hill or rodney hood as ball handler with lebron as a screener and that stuff is easy everyone knows what to do so spread pick and roll hit your shots space out to the corners and then you're adding stuff as you go at least this is what a smart coaching staff would do right yeah, and they'll have to keep it simple, which is another issue, especially on the defensive end. They're going to need to figure out how to instill some sort of system because, again, even though they have better players now uh, who are more capable defensively, they still need to get them on the same page, and that's going to be a challenge. And if that doesn't fix itself you know, sooner than later, then it won't even matter what they've done. Uh, but I think just by putting those guys on the floor, they will be better, uh, I, I think. Uh, so what we'll the remaining to be seen. That, that's probably the biggest issue that, uh, that Ty Lue is going to have. Obviously, the offense wasn't the issue anyway. They were playing pretty well on that end uh, with the ragtag group they were playing. So it's only a question now of can they get um, these guys to commit to defense. Uh, I have to imagine like Nance and Clarkson and, and Hood are really excited to be in the, in the to play alongside LeBron, to be in the spotlight, and to be part of you know uh, in, in the in the hunt for a high playoff seating, which they've never done before. So. Uh, that all is good stuff. And again, I, I think the Cavaliers front office, uh, you know, deserves executive of the year for one day of work. Um, it was pretty incredible. And, you know, the argument I've been making about this team is that they should completely shake up the roster. You know, I, I just thought that there was no good reason to keep the roster anywhere close to the same. They are. They had no chemistry. A lot of I mean, you know, uh, Crowder and, and Isaiah Thomas were new anyway. Uh, especially Isaiah Thomas, who played like 15 games. Um, they, they just, they, nothing was getting done, and you feel like you might lose LeBron anyway, so why not take a home run swing and completely revamp it? And that's what they did. I think it, man, it takes a lot of guts. It's easy to just keep it together and be like, you know what, we tried last summer. <laughs> it, that's, that's sort of the safe bet, and this is risky. They took on what is considered or could be a bad contract, George Hill. He's got right. two more years at $19 million. Rodney Hood is a restricted free agent this summer. Um, if if someone throws a big offer at him, which there are not a lot of teams with space, so you know it's a calculated risk, but you could lose him, uh, or at least you may have to overpay him. And this is a team that's paying like their tax bill this year is like fifty million dollars now. Wow. Um, so they're they're shelling out lots of money, and, and a lot of people are going to see this as a last ditch effort to get LeBron to stay. But oh. I st I do think that what they did was really smart. They're taking the swing for the fences, hoping they win a title with LeBron. But they kept the Nets pick, and they've got a younger guy in Rodney Hood, who we both think has high upside still, um, that they may have on a good contract going forward. they got George Hill, who I still think is a good player. they still got Kevin Love. So I still think they have a playoff team in the East next year, even without LeBron. And that's so hard to do. Wow. Well, let's talk about the Lakers for a second because I'm curious. You know, they got IT Channing Frye and the Cavs first rounder back for Jordan Clarkson and uh, Larry Nance. Who wins this trade on paper right now? 
Well, so um, I think the Lakers win the trade because of the because of the pick. Um, you know, getting a first round pick for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance that's that's a pretty big deal uh, for the Lakers. Um, they were going to kind of need to move those guys anyway, especially Clarkson. That's a lot of money for what he does for the position that team is in. Um, Isaiah is an expiring contract who, I mean, there's already a report from his agent or allegedly from his agent that if he's not going to start, he wants a buyout. Um, that's not a great way to go into town. Um, Channing Fry is also an expiring contract, but he's a great locker room presence. And obviously he, he and, uh, and uh, Walton have a, a great relationship that goes back to college. So, um, you know, giving them another or giving them another shot at a pick this year, which they weren't going to have uh, in the in the mid to late 20s. I mean, what did they get last year there? They got Hart. They got Kuzma. They've done really well in that spot. Now, of course, different regime, but still, um, we know that you can get useful players there. And, and as a matter of fact, in order to be a good team, you kind of have to nail some of those. So uh, I think it's big for them to get that pick and to get off that money. That's that's huge. So uh, right now I would give them. I think it, for them it's a B, B plus. And I think for for the Cavs, short term it's it's a B. I, I like Clarkson for the Cavs. I, I just really do. And then long term it remains to be seen. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with all those things. It's funny because you know Larry Nance, uh, his father played for Cleveland. Now he's going to play for Cleveland. Um, I, and also, yeah, like you said, the money. They're trying to clear up money to try and sign LeBron, right? And they're going to try and sign. So here's an interesting thing. It doesn't sound like Paul George is going to leave OKC. If they have any kind of meaningful run in the playoffs into the second round, right, he might stick around for another year. And all of a sudden, the only way the Lakers ever would have gotten LeBron would have been to get, to get Paul George to come along with him, right? And if, if they're big, they were banking on Paul George, which they should have been up until recently. Uh, maybe now the LeBron sweepstakes aren't in, aren't in play here. Who else are they going to go after this summer? Well, I mean, they now have the path to get the two max cap spots by just uh, uh, waving, um, stretching uh, Luol Deng. Okay. So they can have two max spots. So while they may have, you know, the reports were that they're sort of uh, looking to the summer of 2019, they still could make a splash in 2018. And, and Paul George, I don't think is out of the question. Although I, I, I'm starting to feel like a one plus one in OKC for Paul George makes a little bit of sense. But um, yeah, and, and LeBron, I, I still think it's on the table. Um, it, it was good long term thinking for the Lakers part. Uh, they they not only did they get that pick, which, again, I think is super important, but but also they cleared cap space that they were going to need to clear this summer anyway. So I, I think this is smart. This is. This is what we need to see more of from this front office, where they're not just thinking, what can, what can I do today? You know, what big splashy moves? This was not splashy at all on their part. And I, these smaller moves are where a good front office butters its bread. You know, I mean, if you look at, uh, not to go all the way back to the Harden trade, but Daryl Morey started setting up the assets for that Harden, Harden trade three or four years before mm -hmm. that trade. I mean, he didn't know Harden was going to be the guy, but... You know, you've got to have a long-term outlook to be really, really good. And and this is why I still think that executive of the year conversation should be something that we, we go and we look three or four years ago. You know, maybe it should just be like two a decade they give out instead of one every wow. year because it's tough, right? Bold suggestion. Well, let's do one thing while we're here. You know, we got a oh, ton of people here. Yeah, I got one more suggestion. Larry Nance Jr. needs to wear an original Larry Nance 
jersey in the dunk contest. Like, go get one of the old school ones out of your dad's closet <laughs> and wear it in the dunk contest. All right, and I then he'll have to help the dunk with two balls too. Then, in, in honor of his, his dad as well. So, yeah, uh, let's yeah. do it. It's fun. All right, we got a lot of people here. This is for fun. Let's see if we can get over a thousand. Everybody, hit that share button all at the same time on your Twitter. Let's just let everyone in here and let everyone know we're doing this because I feel like we're uh, we're getting so many people. We're gonna go, go to your questions right now. It'd be great to get as many as we can. Let's go to some questions real quick. And also, while we're here, uh, don't forget if you like our show, and this will also be a podcast uh, very soon. Uh, you know, give us a like, give us a rating on uh, iTunes. I'm competitive. I like to get as many uh, reviews as possible. I just want to hear from you guys, and I want to see that number go up. So it will really help us as well. Uh, if you can head over there to iTunes and give us a rating and a review, uh, Dave, are you ready for a little 10 second answers? Yeah, I'm, uh, this was my, one of the best things we've ever done on the podcast. We now have to do this every time. It's yeah. great. And it was like, it literally popped in my head, like in a 10 second idea. And then here we are. So, uh, but here's the question. We now need to get que- uh, the questions here lined up. And that's one thing we need to get the Periscope to fix is we need to be able to like somehow pin questions uh, to some area where we can find them. Uh, do you have any questions you see real quickly? Uh, no. Hang on, okay. I'm trying. Uh, this is great, great television right here. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, let's see here. Everyone wants to comment, but no one wants to ask a question. So hit up, hit us up with your questions while we're you know, uh, talking about this. And we're uh, all the same. We we're all the same. We all want to get our fire takes off. I, I understand it. Yeah. Um, all right. Here. So uh, Pierre Youssef asks uh, if if today's deadline moves closes the gap between the Cavs and the Raptors, which is just an incredible statement and accurate. Nick, ten seconds. Does it does it close the gap? Yeah. Oh, I think it's closed the gap, and now they're above. I think that now they've now made they've jumped above the Celtics and the Raptors. And I and I offer my apologies to the Celtics fans who look like they were going to have it. I agree. Okay. <laughs> there you How about go. this? Uh, Negus Trey asks, "Where does the consistency in scoring come from? Also, from where does this consistency in scoring come from? Since we are just trying to outscore people, I guess this is the Cavs are talking about. So, where does consistency come from?" Well, I mean, LeBron has been the most consistent player in the league for the last 15 years, so that helps. Uh, George Hill, when healthy, has been a consistent player in his career. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Kevin Kevin Love being out has really hurt this team. I, I don't think – like the idea that Kevin Love is not a good player or somehow was a detriment to the squad, it, it, to me, that's how I know if people are watching games or not. That guy, that guy plays winning basketball, and I don't just mean that from like an intangible standpoint. He actually does things on the court that that contributes to winning. And, and while his defense is suspect, for sure, like he's not a great defender, his effort is there, and he's a great rebounder, and and that matters on the defensive end. Okay, you, you went over your ten seconds, but we'll allow it. I know. Um, I didn't get hot. Yes, we got a couple questions about who do you think the, will be the buyout guys? Uh, Joe Johnson. Definitely on the list. I think Brooke Lopez could also be uh, on the list. And, man, I love Brooke Lopez for a team like New Orleans. Yeah. Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose, yeah, he's, he's apparently either getting bought out or just outright released uh, by Utah. And uh, the, the story right now is that he's interested in signing in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, inter- yeah. yeah, right. Tibbs again, the, they're getting the band back together. Uh, they're on a mission from God. Okay. Hey, if uh, we got smart, they'll bring him in, and it'll, be, it'll help their tank. Okay, there you go. Uh, Portland's getting under the tax bill was really smart. What did Portland do today? Portland uh, traded Noah Vonley. Um, and where did he go? He went to Chicago, off the top of my head, for uh, draft rights to a European guy. Ah. So, yeah, good okay. move. Yeah, 
clearing some space. Yeah. So they, they need to do something in Portland, obviously. They need to get rid I think, you know, I think the, the issue they have is the, the second they signed, we talked about this before, Evan Turner. As soon as Evan Turner walked in the door, that was uh, what doomed them to sort of be stuck where they are. Uh, and they, they, let's see if they can get out of that. Low-key right. Shrek asks, what's the possibility of IT getting traded, released, cut by the Lakers before next season starts? We kind of talked about it. Well, but. he's an expiring contract. So, um, you know, he's going to be a free agent this summer. I actually, I threw this out there again, uh, just making a joke, but um, I, I think that the rest of this season for him is super important. And if I were his agent, this is what I would say. Hey, look, man, show up to work, do your job, keep your mouth shut. That, that's it. That's where I would be at. And um, because he's got to try to rehabilitate his image, uh, not just on the basketball court and show he's healthy, if he is, but also, I mean, go into the pre- like. His media stuff has just been horrific for his for his image. I mean, like being one of the worst players on the team and then going and talking about other people to the press is not going to endear you around the league. And I, I actually I think he could be on like a minimum deal after after this summer. Uh, he may have to sign a minimum deal to just show he can play, and and then maybe he gets a bigger contract after that. But. You know, when when you're my size, you know, I mean, I might even be a little bit taller than IT. I'm not sure, but uh, you're my size. You're about 30, and you now you've got a bum hip. Right? You need to be like a great locker room guy. You you can't be this uh, on the edge sort of locker room presence. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it sucks. I, you know, you never want to see a guy get injured and and have it really affect his career like this. But at the same time, he didn't do himself any favors off the court. Right. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of questions about the buyout, so I guess we kind of covered that already. Interesting, though. It wouldn't have been my uh, my question. Let's see here. But really quickly, we kind of covered it, uh, but LZ Joyce Liam asks, PG to stay at OKC, and I think, yeah, I think he might stay for another year. Wait, I missed that one. Uh, Paul George is staying at OKC. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think a one plus one makes a lot of sense for him. Uh Yes, uh, is Nance a pickup in 12-man, 9-category? Oh, I see. Is Nance a pickup in 12-man, 9-category league for fantasy? Interesting. What do you think Nance's numbers are going to be? Um, I, I don't think they're going to be special. I don't no. think there's much to it. Yeah. Like maybe um, 8 and 7 or something. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't get Beasley after Porzingis got hurt, I mean, that was, to me, that was like the number one guy. If you're, if you're a fantasy guy, I would have had Beasley the second you saw Porzingis laying on the ground. Yeah. We got a question here. Slick3GZ asks, Knicks in the playoffs now. Uh, the Knicks moves. Okay, McDermott got moved. Let's go over their moves real quick. So the Knicks picked up Moutier, um, which is is strange. And I'm actually writing something, <laughs> trying to write something about that for the for the website. Um, uh, it's, it's a weird move to bring in Moutier when they've been over backwards to get Trey Burke, and they just drafted Frank Nilakina. So obviously there's some internal doubt about Nilakina, um, or they're just trying to create an environment where there's a lot of internal competition, which, you know, I'm not against for, for a team that's kind of dealing with a lost season now that Porzingis is out. Um, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs anyway, but uh, they need to tank and, uh, and, and to get as good of a pick as they can get. So um, that it still was weird. I thought McDermott was a good player for them. He, mm-hmm. You know, he could play three and four. Some of those small ball lineups with him at the four and Porzingis at the five were really fun to watch this season. Um, for Dallas, McDermott getting uh, going to Dallas. I mean, he's an expiring, um, you know, but he's on his rookie deal, so they could probably bring him back pretty cheap as a guy to be off the bench. They're going to have tons of cap space next year or this summer. Absolutely. How about Joe Johnson and Golden State? Now that's interesting. But uh, what would he do there? 
I mean, you know, the, like, I don't know. I, they, they need a guy who can play defense and hit shots. I don't know if Joe Johnson can play defense. Right. I, I mean, I look, I'm a fan of all these guys going to Golden State and getting rings, but yeah. I don't know if Joe Johnson makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, I mean, listen, I, the yeah, the McCaw thing isn't working out like they wanted to. That's why I if, thought like the Avery Bradley trade might happen or something. But uh, watch yeah. out for Marco Bellinelli getting bought out uh, by the Hawks, and uh, I think that they would go hard after Bellinelli. Okay. Uh, yeah, be that's, the Bellinelli there. would be nice for them. I think would fit in nicely. Uh, he he did play decent defense in Chicago, so they can maybe tap into that again uh, in in, in uh, Golden State. Uh, how is Rodney Hood defensively? I assume they def- definitely improved defensively. He's certainly an upgrade. This is how was Ashley seventy four seventy three. Great question, and he certainly is up, he's an update uh, upgrade over whatever they had before. Uh, I, he's long. He's a good athlete. He definitely has energy on that end. So I think he's uh, he's a good he's a good player on that end. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, <laughs> who should the Cavs start? We kind of talked about it really briefly, but we said what we said. Hill, maybe J.R. Smith, Hood. Right. LeBron, Tristan Thompson? Right, while, while Kevin Love is out. That's what I would roll out there. And then when Kevin Love comes back, I would just slide everyone down and maybe bring JR off the bench. Yeah, put Hood at the shooting guard and then right. uh, yeah, and then put Love in there. And yeah, that, that would probably be the best thing. Although, again, when you get that close to the end of the season and you have to get in the playoffs, if Love, if, if things are working well, they, they might not want to risk uh, you know, screwing around with the chemistry or whatever they got going there. So right. Love might have to come off the bench. And you know what? That might not be the worst idea of all time. I- I'll tell you something else. And uh, Yesterworld in the Periscope chat actually just brought this up, uh, asked us about uh, Jetty Osmond. I-, I like that dude a lot, yep. and he needs more minutes. Um, he should be in the in the eight man rotation or nine man rotation, whatever they wind up going with for the playoffs. Um, the, another move that that I've been reading about today is that they're going to bring in Perk, and I think that that's smart. I really feel like they need a little bit of that toughness that he'll bring, even if he's not playing. But just to the bench, they 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 obviously understand that they had some locker room issues. It's weird that they sent out Channing Fry when he's a great locker room guy. Yeah. But but solving the locker room problems are important, and a guy like Kendrick Perkins does that. I mean, he is beloved around the league by everyone. So I think having him will make a big difference off the court, which should help on the court. Yeah. Okay, that's a great question there. Uh, how high did the Pistons rise with the Blake Griffin trade a little earlier? Uh, are they and, – and then wait, they, they had a trade today too. What else did they do? So they got Jameer Nelson and, uh, and they got James Ennis. And I think both of those, while they're, they're going to be under, you know, discussed, um, they are great moves under the radar. Um, the, the Pistons should be scary to everyone who's going to be a one to a four seed. Blake Griffin brings so much playmaking. James Ennis is a great defender who can hit threes. I mean, he's a he's a three and D wing who actually can do both things. And uh, Jameer Nelson is the backup point guard that they need when Ish Smith isn't in the game. I mean, you know, I don't know if Reggie Jackson is going to be healthy at all uh, in time for the playoffs. Um, I I really think that these are and and I get it. Jameer played with for Stan Van Gundy in in Orlando, and people are going to make the Doc Rivers jokes. But it's not like Jameer isn't isn't a decent player still. He is. I mean, yeah. now you don't want to don't give him forty minutes a night, but for twelve to fifteen minutes, he's one of those veteran caretaker guards like Devin Harrison, who Denver just got. Um, he can come in, not turn the ball over. 
uh, he, he should be able to play well next to Drummond or next to Blake Griffin. He can hit open threes. I think that kind of guy is important. Uh, although I, I don't want to see him go away from the recent uh, uh, Langston Galloway minutes because he's looked really good too. Yeah, I, I think this, this is Stan's last stand. And this is, you know, he's finally kind of getting some players around him that I think he can work with and make and make work better. So, yeah, I think that, you know, they're they're definitely better. They should move up in the standings. So that's another question is, and who's going to drop down? Are they in the playoffs as of now? Uh, let's see here. They are. Um, no, they are. Well, they're yeah, tied they're for just the outside. eighth spot. So yeah. they move up, and that means someone's going to have to move down, and you're going to pick maybe like the, either the Heat or the Sixers in theory because everyone else seems firmly ensconced where they are. Who do you think is going to move? I don't know. I mean, Wade going back to the Heat, does that move the needle for you at all? No. Uh, for right. him, no, I don't think so. Uh, he, you know, he, The situation he was in in Cleveland is probably the best situation he's going to be in. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe he has a renaissance, but I just didn't see it happening. So, uh, you know, and by the way, I like what the Heat are doing, but they're just kind of up and down, up and down. It's not easy to, to, to predict what they're going to do. So it'll be interesting to see at the bottom of the East what's going to happen for that last playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, it, like the playoff, the playoff race in both conferences is actually going to be pretty fun. Um, right now, you've got the 10th place team, the Jazz, who are – they are six and a half games behind the Timberwolves for fourth. That's pretty close. Um, they're probably not going to make that up, but they are on a seven-game winning streak. Um, they are now what, two and a half games behind the Pelicans for the eighth seed. Yeah, we're going to see we're going to see some teams really going after it. And you know, I don't love the Jay Crowder addition for Utah. Um, I think Hood is a better player right now and uh crowder like we've talked about recently just not the same guy he was two years ago right but but let's see what quinn snyder does i mean quinn snyder i think it's an upgraded coach for for crowder um back to someone a little bit closer to brad stevens and you know maybe maybe things pick up and also the other thing is uh he's got real defenders around him so crowder can actually you know not he's not gonna have to cover for other people he has to only worry about himself so um maybe we, maybe we see an uptick from crowder for sure. And by the way, we'll get, let's get back to our 10 for 10. 10-second uh, 10, 10 answers for each question here. Uh, why didn't OKC make a move to make up the loss for Robertson? I'm sure they tried. Uh, yeah. You know, that's it. They tried. They didn't want to give up any extra assets. And you know what? They figured they can cover it with Ferguson and uh, Hustis. And right. they sure, certainly have. Stay tuned tomorrow for a video coming up where I will explain how to beat the Warriors using the blueprint that the OKC Thunder laid out for us. Uh, Let's see here. Our Muniz, our, uh, a friend of the breakdown. Pistons get to the sixth seed, question mark? We kind of sort of talked about that. But, yeah, they, uh, they could, yes. Uh, maybe 60% chance they could do it. Yeah, I think they've got a shot. Yeah, and we, now uh, uh, Adu Baker, Kadib asks, uh, is the Chetty Osman uh, the impact on the Cavs? We kind of just talked about him. Yeah, he's terrific. He's really fast. I think that's one thing I've noticed about him. He really gets on the floor in a hurry. So he needs the 20 minutes a game. I think they're going to start giving it to him. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, let's see. Mihailo Plasnik asks, "Can this new Cavs roster be better? Can can they better defend Golden State?" Uh, I think certainly Hill and Hood uh, make a big difference for them. Um, but you know that's it's tricky, man. Tristan Thompson's not the guy, right? Uh, well, he he was the guy in some in one part of, in one version of the Matrix a few years ago. So uh, but knees knees, man, they're yeah. important for basketball. So it's not the Kardashian thing. No. Okay. Scott, uh, Jay with one T. Do you think that George Hill will start playing well again? I hope. 
I mean, he he's had health issues, um, and but hopefully being on a good team and and maybe LeBron inspires you know something in these guys. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, and then we had another question about that from Zoo Nation fifty asked basically the same thing. I, and I agree. I think that uh, alongside LeBron in that situation, he should be a lot better. Um, but again, these sometimes these guys will struggle if they can't figure out their role. But Hill's been around long enough to know what he needs to do to fit in and make it work as well as he possibly can. So uh, if, if if his knees are not an injury or, or sorry, his other injuries are not an issue, then yeah, he should be able to, to play a lot better and look better. Um, Let's see here. Uh, let's see. How do you exp- how do you respond to comments that LeBron is intentionally sabotaging the Cavs? Um, LBJ worse plus minus. Uh, I don't know. Do you do you know what he's talking about? No. Uh, sounds yeah. like sounds like bullshit. All right. Um, how about thoughts on the Lou Williams deal? Uh, great for the Clippers. They they got a guy on a really cheap contract that they're going to be able to move this summer. Um, you know, he actually became more tradable if that was a possibility. Uh, so yeah, well, so he's going to be on a cheap deal. I mean, he's not even making the mid-level right. for next season. So yeah, I mean, and he's locked in. That that's a great deal for the Clippers. Clippers front office, by the way, since they since they took the reins away from Doc Rivers, they've been fantastic. They made the Chris Paul trade, they made the Blade Blake Griffin trade, the Lou Williams deal, and then they've been finding these ten-day guys. Um, they, yeah, they've, they've had an underrated season. Yeah, friend of the friend of the breakdown, Ty Wallace has been doing nicely. He came on the show. Uh, you know what? That that smells like a video, perhaps to come. Uh, there coming you up. go. Um, let's see here. Perks is a corpse. He is. Perk is a corpse. That's right. Uh, let's see. Any other questions here? Um, would Williams deal was good? No. Williams deal. Oh, is that the Devin Williams deal? No, Devin, Devin Harris. What? Devin which Harris? Williams is he talking about? We, we didn't talk about the De- – well, you mentioned Devin Harris for a second, but that's let's yeah. go over that trade real quick. Harris so, from the Dallas Mavericks goes – All right, so uh, Harris goes from the Mavericks to Denver. Uh, Moutier went to New York, which we talked about. McDermott goes to Dallas. Um, I think that Devin Harris is exactly what the Nuggets needed. They needed a veteran point guard to come off the bench, caretaker, doesn't turn the ball over much. He can hit spot-ups. He'll work great in their ball movement-based offense. Uh, and he's actually a really, really good defender as well. Um, he's uh, like in the 89th percentile in pick and roll defense, according to Synergy. I just looked at this. So yeah, I mean, okay. I know Synergy's tricky, but at the same time, if you're up there in those numbers, you're, you're pretty good. And I watched the film; he does pretty, he does a good job. Okay, we got a question also, here that will give it's us a veteran, right? Yeah, and we'll have, we have a question here that will give us the shortest answer we've ever had in this 10-second little uh, new uh, thing we're doing. Why couldn't the Magic get more for Elford Payton? Hair. <laughs> there you go. He, he's just not good. Uh, okay he's not good Uh, let's see Stanley has looked so much better since the trade Uh, let's see here anybody else any other questions we can go run these down while we're here Uh, I mean it's still insane this has got to be the most insane you know trade deadline day or hour before the trade deadline I don't remember that many trades coming going off within like three hours of the deadline and also with one team changing their fortunes so much like the Cavs did yeah I, I wonder if if this is the most trade most trades at the deadline by one team or at least the most player movement, I guess. Um, I'm not sure. It's it's incredible. Okay. we. Uh, I'm going to pop out the chat from YouTube because I just was uh, being told I should answer your questions here because we don't want to, uh, you know, uh, neglect anybody here. And we got friend of the breakdown, Jigglepuff, out there uh, moderating for us. 
So let's see here. Can I find any? This is a smaller. Uh, I, I got my glasses on here. Um, and maybe if you're on there, Tyreek Evans is a question, I guess. And they couldn't make a move for him. Uh, Dave, any in- indication of why? Um, I think they were asking too much and then just didn't just take the best deal available. Yeah. And that's OK. The, apparently, the, the Nuggets offered Moutier in a second rounder. And and Memphis said no. Um, you know, maybe they, they looked at the Lou Williams deal and they thought, well, we might be able to sign him for something below the mid-level. Um, and going forward, you know, they, they want to contend next year. Uh, I don't know if they will, but they want to contend. So, you know, that, that makes some sense, I guess. In, in my opinion, it was a missed opportunity to get an asset of some sort for a guy who's on an inspire, uh, expiring contract. Right. All right. Well, how about this? Uh, chances of the Lakers signing PG and LeBron. Uh, give me, give us the percentage or, uh, you know, 50-50 chances. Both? Yeah. Oh, 10%. Uh, yeah, I think both is, is got to be yeah very, very low. Uh, what the Lakers give it a max contract? Please answer. Damn. I don't know. Oh, give IT a max contract. That's not going to no. happen. No. So it won't happen. There you go. There's your answer, Kurt. Uh, why did the Cavs trade D. Wade? Um, I, I mean, I have my suspicions, which is, you know, uh, the front office declaring some power. I think he's been their second best player recently right well didn't they kind of have to because of you know all the other players they're pulling they're bringing in now nah, he was on a minimum deal okay but even in terms of roster spots maybe no? no i think they sent out more than they got back okay i mean they, they opened up a roster spot to, to sign kendrick perkins okay so that's interesting you're right i you know i don't i didn't appreciate that uh that that is interesting now did did wade ask to do that then i'm not sure i haven't seen anything yet because you know you don't you don't do that to wait on the thing unless you like ask him if it's okay and um, I don't even know if it would have come up on the radar necessarily so maybe he was the one who said hey I want to get out of here I don't like the whole thing but then again I would imagine with all this new influx of talent he would probably wanted to stay around and been part of that you know rather than go to Miami I don't know uh, it, it, who knows uh, we'll have to find out when gonna, the book comes out maybe he's going to retire this summer yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Tyreek Evans landing spot at the end of the season. We kind of just touched upon it, but uh, any ideas? Do you think where you're going to go? What, who was that? Tyreek Evans. Oh, I don't know. Um, apparently, um, according to some people in the Periscope chat, and I missed this, uh, the Cavs uh, media guys are saying that Wade actually asked to be traded. Whoa. Nostraballus right here, man. <laughs> How, of course, that, that's what it sounded like to me. And I'm glad I was, uh, I guess I'm verified. Thank you guys in the, in the, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the chat. Uh, I, I his, have a feeling. His, uh, his, uh, apparently his, his wife and kids stayed in, uh, in Miami. I totally forgot about that last year. Oh, okay. Well, listen, yeah. uh, I mean, aside from the fact that maybe he wanted to say that last little idea, no, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me why they, they made that trade unless he asked to go. Now, that speaks volumes, by the way, doesn't it, of like what's going on behind the scenes in, in Cleveland? Volumes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I also think like, you know, family stuff is a real concern. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. Um, you know, it's tough to be away from your family. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he did, I know he did it last year, and I just, I guess I just forgot about it over the summer. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And not to mention, man, like, that guy is like a cornerstone in the Miami community. I mean, that's that's his home. Right. That's where he's going to stay. And and I think that kind of stuff is important, especially, you know, later in your career. Yeah. Okay, a couple of really quick questions. And what team got the most out of the week? Cavaliers. Has the deadline ended? Yes. Although sometimes we see random little trades trickle through, right? They kind of got reported. They didn't get all the way out through the, through the, the, the office yet. 
Uh, yeah, I have, but I think now that we've switched to email from fax, I think it's not an issue. <laughs> okay. I do see some, some highlighted really um, you know, uh, on YouTube some stuff uh, that I think maybe are special comments that we need to answer because people did something nice for us to get them up there. So, Coach Nick, do, do you edit the YouTube videos? I do. Um, let's see. That was Fur. This is OBP. Why did the Cavs trade D-Wade? We kind of just answered that, but thanks for the question. Uh, OBP also said, how did the Lakers benefit from the IT trade? We kind of talked about that too. Taras asks, how do you think IT and Lonzo will pair up in the backcourt, which is what we answered in the beginning? I hope you heard the answer for that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if not, make sure, you, hey, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you can catch this as soon as it goes live. That's right. OBP asks, why did the Cavs trade D. Wade? We just, we just went over that, and we know that D. Wade no wanted to get traded. Fur asks, Coach Nick, do you – oh, wow, I'm, getting, I'm having a glitch in the Matrix. They came back around again. Oh, I see. Maybe if I don't answer them, they come back up. Uh, Coach, how do you think IT and Lonzo – oh, we already did that one. And any other big orange uh, questions? No. Where do you project LeBron will end up? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Miami. That was OBB again. Uh, you think he's going to go back to Miami? All right. I, I don't know. I, I think he should no stay in the idea. East, wherever he goes. How about Houston? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I honestly, I, I've been on, remember, I've been on, the, on team LeBron stays in Cleveland for the longest time. And now, recently, with all the stuff, I, I, I think he's – He's out. Uh, okay. But after this, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. This is why I love the NBA. Yeah, I love it. Except for those travel, that travel he had that I posted online that went viral because uh, that was a pretty bad one. Uh, Constantino uh, Thanasoulis asks, oh, by the way, uh, it's Cartagena, Dave. Oh. In your podcast. I was listening My to. bad. My I think bad. you said like Cartagena. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Boston Celtics have formally signed free agent Gre- uh, center Greg Monroe, which we knew was going to happen. I yes. thought they wanted to wait for the end of the deadline. So that happened. A nice little pickup, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's smart. Um, he can be a little bit of Horford light when he's out there by himself. But also, I think he and Horford can play together um, yeah. against teams like Toronto, where, where you know, you've got two bigs that can both play inside out. I think... Uh, Monroe's footwork is actually underrated defensively. Yeah, and I screwed up on I did a little radio spot before we went live on this, and I forgot that Monroe was about to be signed for the Celtics, and I said the Celtics didn't do much. So, uh, anyway, that was a nice pickup for them. How are the Cavs going to cope with one center? Uh, you know, Larry Nance will be the, another center for them. He'll be able to play the mm-hmm. five. And any other question? I think that covers it for the nice orange big uh, you know, questions here. Uh, OBP, no problem uh, for answering that one. And you are pointing to me, Dave. Uh, I need to roll. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Well, listen, folks, awesome uh, post-game show or whatever we did, the emergency trade deadline show. Dave, as always, awesome stuff, great segments, great information. And uh, don't forget to give us a like and a rating and a review on iTunes when you see our podcast, which will be up. This will be up in a minute. And um, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>